Guys, uh, there's a slideshow that I've made of some pictures and videos of uh, these last three years. It's going to be playing as we talk a little bit here uh, today. But Sunday, November the 17th, 2019, a group of us partnered with God and we started Journey Church. And God has done some tremendous things in these past three years. Amen? Amen. God has given us a vision And he gave us a vision to start something new, something that would be different from all the rest of the things that God was already doing here in Beaufort County. God was and God still is doing a new thing. And so today, as we take some time and look back over these last three years, let's celebrate God and give God all the honor that he is due. And let's look forward to all that God still has in store for us as Journey Church to do. Now, for those of you who weren't with us when we started in November of 2019, maybe you're, you're sitting here and you're thinking and you're doing the math, and yes, four months after we started Journey Church, uh, a worldwide pandemic hit, okay? And I'm not saying there's a direct connection, but there, there may be, I don't know, all right? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's interesting as we've been looking at the life of Joseph There are a lot of things that we as Journey Church uh, can relate to in the life of Joseph, right? Things have not worked on our timetable. Uh, Things have been difficult. Things uh, have been hard. It has been a hard thing. It's one of the hardest things that we have ever done. And yet, God is still on the move. During this time, we have seen God do some amazing things. We have seen God working in people's lives and growing people's faith. We have seen people who were disconnected from church that are reconnected with church, not only on Sunday mornings, but also in life groups. We've seen people that have overcome addiction. We have seen people that have been cared for in times of need and hurt. We've seen people that have been loved on when they were suffering. But as we say often, we want to walk side by side through the messiness of life. And life is messy, isn't it? It's never a straight path. It's never always clean. We are messy people. And it all hasn't been roses. We have lost people. Some people have gone to other churches and we praise God for that. But some people haven't. Some people have fallen and still haven't gotten back up yet. But hopefully, one of the other things that we're learning through the life of Joseph, hopefully we are learning to still remain faithful to what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do. Because God is the one who is working in the lives of other people. And God is the one who is working in our lives. And God is the one who is working in our church. And it's God who is working in our community. Paul calls us Christ ambassadors. He calls us his co- God's co-workers. And we have the privilege to work side by side with God. But God alone is to be praised. And God alone is the one who has done and continues to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. You know, far too often we 
far too often I fall into the sin of pride and I try to make things about me or about us. And it's not. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about God. And because the sin of pride is so easy for each and every one of us to fall into, we must regularly and continuously ask ourselves, am I being self-centered? Am I making this about me? And you know, I can recognize some of that self-centeredness in my life when I start to say or think things like this. When I start to say, man, nobody told me I, I did a good job with my sermon today. Or, or nobody laughed at that joke that I said. Or, or that person didn't say hey to me, they must be mad at me. No one said thank you for what I did. And when I say these things and when I think these things, guess what? I'm trying to make it about me. And, and it's not. It's about God. And we as Journey Church are here to bring God glory. We are not here to feed your ego or mine. We are a church for God's glory alone. For it is God who has done the work alone. Listen to Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, Now him, talking about God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations and forever and ever. Amen. I want you to notice who the subject of that statement, who is the subject of those verses? It's God. It's about God. We ask, but God does more than we could ever ask or imagine. According to whose power? It's not according to our power. It's according to God's power that is at work within us. And who is the glory of the church to be directed to? It's to be directed to God in and through Jesus Christ. And so today we praise God as you're watching. Six people who were far from Jesus in the last three years have died to their sins and to their self and made Jesus their Lord and Savior. Amen. Hurting people in Journey Church in these last three years have been loved on and cared for. Hurting people in our community have been loved for and cared for. But we still have so much work to do. And it starts by us asking God, what did Paul say there in Ephesians chapter 3? He says it, that God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. But we still have to ask, don't we? So let me ask you this morning, how often do you pray for the lost? The new data is pretty startling. When we started Journey Church three years ago, we saw that 65% of Washington was far from God. The new data shows that 69% of Washington now is far from God. That's seven out of every 10 people that you work with. That's seven out of 10 people that you live next to. That's seven out of 10 people who are in your families. 
That's seven out of 10 people that are your neighbors who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And guess what? We can't do anything about it without God. We can't do anything about it without God. And so, if we are going to be Christ's ambassadors, if we are going to be God's partners, if we are going to be his co-workers, then we first must start praying for the lost. And we must pray for them, not just in general statements, but we need to start praying for them by name. We need to start praying for them by name. I want to challenge you this week to make a list of people who are your coworkers, who are your neighbors, who are your family members, who are your friends that are lost or that you think may be lost. And I want to challenge you to start praying for them by name. Pray that God will begin to work on them, that God will begin to convict them of their sins, that God will continue or, or start to lead them to Jesus and lead them to repentance. You know, across the street from our house is a field. And for the longest time, the, the, the people who tended that field, um, they, they use what's called no-tilling uh, farming. And if you're familiar with that, it's, it's where they go through and they, they try to plant and try to not disturb the soil. as They try to disturb it as little as possible as they plant each new crop. And then there's some great benefits to this type of farming and uh, different things like that. But uh, a couple of years back, the farm changed hands. And the, the new farmer comes in and he really works on this field and he tills this field. And he tills this field for weeks and he levels it out and puts new drainage lines or drainage ditches in. And man, I, I can tell you, it's the most beautiful field that I've ever seen in my life. They spent weeks and weeks working on this field to make it look nice. And they planted a crop. And guess what? It was terrible. And, and then the next year they tilled the field and they worked the field and they tried to get it back going really well. And they planted a crop again and it was terrible again. And this year they tilled the field and they, they worked the field and they planted the crop and it was okay. <laughs> and, and I would imagine that because the, the ground was so hard from all those years of not tilling that now it's going to take years for them to be able to see the growth that they want to see. And as I write my sermons, often, uh, I, oftentimes I look out to my front window in my home office and look out over this field and think about the scripture and the, the, the verses and what God's working on in, in my life. And I look out over this field. Now, I grew up here in eastern North Carolina. And, and I've lived and worked here in Beaufort County for the last 12 or 13 years. And when I think about the people of Washington and think, think about the people of Beaufort County, I think about how great our town is. I think about how, how pretty it often is, how kind people often are. But like that field across the street from my house, as pretty as it is, the spiritual soil here in Beaufort County is hard. People's hearts are hard. And God has a lot of tilling, and God has a lot of work still to do in the hearts and the lives of people. The Holy Spirit still has much convicting of sins in our community to do. And you and I still have much work of sharing the good news of Jesus to do. We have much work of planting and watering seeds of the gospel to do. 
But you know who causes the growth in people's lives? It's not you or me. But it's the same one who causes the growth in the field across the street from my house. It's God. So we must keep planting. We must keep watering. We must start praying for God to do his work in tilling the soil and preparing the fields of our co-workers' hearts, of our family members' hearts, of our neighbors' hearts, of our friends' hearts. Let's pray for them by name, for God to do his work on and in them. Friends, if we are going to partner with God, if we are going to be his co-workers, we must pray for the lost by name. And then we also must pray for God to send out workers. I want you to look at this verse in Matthew chapter 9. In verse 35, it says this. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So as Jesus was going along in these villages, as he was sharing the gospel, as he was healing all of these sicknesses and healing all these diseases, Jesus is moved with compassion for these people because they were harassed and helpless. And friends, there are people all around us every single day who are harassed and helpless. There are people that are at our workplaces. There are people in our neighborhoods. There are people in our families who are like sheep without a shepherd. They are lost. So let's pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. The, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 69% of our community is hurting and lost. The harvest is plentiful, and the workers are few. So let's ask God to send workers into the field. Friends, if we are going to partner with God, if we are going to be his co-workers, then we need to pray for the lost by name. We need to pray for God to send workers into the field. And then finally, we need to say, send me. We need to say, send me. After Jesus had completed his work on the cross, paying for the sins of all mankind, and then after God had raised him back to life again, Jesus' final words to his disciples, his final words before he ascended to the Father, are our marching orders. They are our mission that he gave us. They are, it's our job description as followers of Jesus. And we find these in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If you're wondering, there's no other authority, okay? <laughs> That's all of it. <laughs> in heaven and on earth. Everything is placed under Jesus' authority. So this is what he tells us to do. Therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples. And then he tells us where and how to do it. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, right? We often say everybody, 
And we, when we say everybody, we mean anybody, right? Of all nations. And then he tells us how to make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then Jesus gives us a promise there. He says, surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Friends, if we are going to be God's co-workers, if we are going to be ambassadors for Jesus, then we must start praying for the lost around us by name. We must start praying for God to send workers into the field, and then we must see that we are the workers that God needs to send. Jesus has told each and every one of us to go and make disciples. He's told the guy that's sitting next to you to go and make disciples. He's told the woman that's sitting behind you to go and make disciples. He's told the the guy standing in front of you now to go and make disciples. He's told the person that's sitting in your seat right now to go and make disciples. This is our marching orders. God is sending you to the field of your workplace. God is sending you to the field of your home. God is sending you to the field of your neighborhood and of our community, to our friends. So pray for God to send workers and then realize that that means you and me and go and make disciples of everyone, baptizing them and teaching them to obey Jesus. Now here at Journey Church, we say it like this. We say that our journey is helping everyone discover their relationship with Jesus. It's living out our walk together and equipping each other to share the gospel with the lost. This is the mission that God has given each and every one of us. Not some of us, but all of us. This is our mission that God has given us. And to help us focus on that mission, we we set a goal this year. One of the goals, one of the three goals that we set this year was for each one to reach one. We said that we wanted each one of us to go out and start and to build a relationship with somebody who was lost this year, to pray for that person and, and do our part in planting the seeds and watering the seeds of the gospel and sharing the good news with Jesus, Jesus, of Jesus with them. Each one reach one. And I love how that phrase has been catching on. In fact, I've seen it on, on, on the, the signs of other churches in town. It's been amazing. I love that, that that phrase is catching on. Each one, reach one. Because we as the kingdom of God, each one needs to reach one. These are our marching orders. This is our mission. This is our job description as Jesus followers for all of us to go and make disciples for Jesus. For us to help everyone discover their relationship with Jesus. We say that all of us are to go and build authentic relationships with the lost in our community and around the world to communicate the gospel so that they can understand it. Friends, if we are going to partner with God, if we are going to be his co-workers, then let's start praying for the lost by name not just in generalities, but by name. Let's pray for those who are lost. Let's pray for God to send workers. And then let's say, send me. Let's say, send me. And let's go and each one reach one. You know, our community, our world, our families, our lives, 
They are full of hope stealers. They are full of people and things that steal hope. There is so much around us that is pushing people to the darkness. Their hearts and their lives are becoming harder and harder towards the good news of Jesus. And, and what your family needs, and, and what your coworkers need, and what your friends need, and what your neighbors need, and what your kids need, and what our community needs, is they don't need any more hope stealers. They need some hope dealers. They need some people who are go out and share some hope. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Therefore, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making an appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. That's our plea to those who are lost. Be reconciled to God. He's done the hard work. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So as God's co-workers, we urge you to not receive God's grace in vain. Friends, let's become people who don't steal hope, but people who deal out hope. Let's become people who are sacrificing self and putting the needs of others above our own. Let's become people who are going out and imploring others to be reconciled to God. God has already done the hard work. He made his son, Jesus, who had no sin, to become sin for our need so that we could be brought back, so that we could be reconciled to God. So let's pray for the lost by name. Let's pray for God to send workers into the field, and then let's ask God to send me. We are his ambassadors. We are his co-workers. Let's deal out hope in our homes. Let's deal out hope in our workplaces. Let's deal out hope in our schools, at the ball fields, here in Washington, here in Beaufort County, here in eastern North Carolina, and to the very ends of the earth. Three years ago, God started Journey Church. And there have been many ups and many downs, but God still has much work to do. And God still has much work for us to do. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask God to send you. Jim Putman put, this, put it this way. He said, we need to have an accurate understanding of who we are. We are sinners saved by grace, tools in the hand of the master. God loves broken people because that's all that he has to deal with. And then he gets the glory. We can be used in mighty ways because of his strength. We can be used in mighty ways because of the gifts that he has given us. Friends, we are Christ's ambassadors. We are his co-workers. We are broken tools in the hands of the master. We are here to bring glory to God alone. And what brings glory to God is being about God's work. To go and make disciples. I've shared this quote many times before from Charles Spurgeon, but we need reminding of it. Spurgeon said, If sinners be damned, at least let them leap over hell to hell over our dead bodies. 
If they must perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our effort. And let not one go unwarned or unprayed for. Our journey, our mission is helping everyone discover their relationship with Jesus. It's living out our walk together. It's equipping each other to share the gospel with the lost. And we join this journey by connecting with each other and growing in scripture together and sacrificing self and all of us going out. And all of this is to, be, to live lives that are pleasing to God. And this journey will take us to reach the lost, starting right here in Washington. And we're going to do that by multiplying disciples and leaders and churches being defined by our love and our sacrifice for everyone. And by everyone, we mean anyone. This journey, it's narrow. This journey is hard. This journey is messy. This journey may not be for you. And that's okay. But we invite everyone. No matter where you've been, no matter where you find yourself now, no matter how fast or how slow that you may go, we invite everyone to join this journey with us. And friends, the journey starts when you put your trust in Jesus, not only as your Savior, but as your Lord. He has died for your sins on the cross And he was raised to give you freedom from sin. So won't you come today and put your trust in him? Won't you come and die to yourself and to your sins and meet him in baptism today and join the journey with us? We pray with me. Father, we thank you. We praise you for these past three years. We are your broken tools that you have used But you are the one who has the power. You are the one who has done far more than we could ask for or imagine. And Father, you alone are to get the praise, not only in our lives individually, but as your church. So Father, we praise you. That you have transformed people's lives. That you have led people who were far from you to come to follow you. And Father, we also praise you because we know that you still have work to do. Because there are so many in our community who don't know you as their Lord and Savior. So Father, we ask that you would begin to to till the soil of their hearts. That you would begin to break down the barriers that sin has, has made in their lives. And that you would call them to you. Father, would you give us also the strength and the courage and the words and help us to see the opportunities that you put before us to plant seeds of the gospel and to water seeds of the gospel. And Father, we praise you not only for the growth that has happened, but Father, the growth that will. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that his forgiveness is what gives us reason 
to be your church. We thank you that through his sacrifice and through the power of his resurrection, we have hope, not in ourselves, but in him alone. Hope of being restored to you fully one day. Hope of your kingdom and your authority being established completely. Hope from your son, Jesus. We ask all of this in his name. Amen.